welcome everyone to episode number 61 of the 25 Live. My name is Jim Bernica. Wait, no, it's not. My name is Lillian Carney. And I have two very special guests this week, Tanya Cronin and Christine Powers, the co-founders of the Carney Strong Initiative. We're going to take a moment to come back to who they are. But first, let's talk about why I am here and not Jim Bernica. On October 14th, retired firefighter date. Sorry, on October 14th, retired Dayton firefighter Rod Longpray passed away from firefighter cancer. Rob was a good friend of Jim's. And so to allow Jim some time to focus on the arrangements for Rob, he took this week off and, well, I'm filling in. So if you don't like it, that's okay. You can skip over till next week and Jim will be back. So let's talk about Rod for a minute. Rod Longpray was a firefighter in Dayton, started in February of 1985, retired March of 2018. So he did 23 years with Dayton Fire. Before that, he was in the Army. Rod started the Miami Valley Firefighters EMS Memorial, which is located in Stubbs Park in Dayton. Talking to Jim the other day about Rod, he told me that Rod was, Rod was the type of guy who had no enemies. He was friends with everybody. Unfortunately, he was only 60 years old when he passed away. Another thing about Rod is that he started the Honor Guard at Dayton Fire. So it's only fitting that the Honor Guard is going to play a huge role in the arrangements this, this week. Another thing about Rod is he was a musician. His nickname was Rockin' Rod. So it's no wonder that Jim and Rod got along because of their love of music and everything. So. All right, so let's transition and talk to Tanya and Christine here on episode number 61. They are the co-founders of the Carney Strong Initiative. Tanya and Christine, welcome to the show. Hi, Thank you for having us and sending out lots of love to Jim and all of the rest of the Dayton firefighters. Our hearts go out to them right now. Yes, they do. We're thinking of you guys. Love you, Jim. All right, so we're gonna talk about the Carney Strong Initiative and we're going to talk about how it started. So Christine and Tanya, why don't you guys each take a moment right now to give us a little history on your personal stories, and then we can start talking about how Carney Strong came about. Tanya, go ahead. Okay, so I actually used to work for an architectural firm that specializes in the design of public safety facilities, including fire stations. And back in 2014, we started having clients come to us and ask us, to design the stations to control contaminants from being brought back into the living quarters because firefighters were having a higher rate of cancer. And somehow I got put in charge of researching that um, issue. And when I started digging into it, was just astonished at what I found. The, the, line, the line of duty deaths from firefighters from cancer was just astronomical. And Right, right about that time, the Firefighter Cancer Support Network and NIOSH had come out with the white paper talking about the epidemic and some of the things that could be done to reduce the risk of firefighter cancer. And on the list was using wipes on scene, um, wet naps or baby wipes. And so I had just kind of reached out to a few of the firefighters I knew, some of the chiefs that I had worked with through the architectural firm and ask them, you know, if they were doing stuff on the list and especially wipes because it sounded like an easy low-hanging fruit and found that very few of them were. Most of them had not found anything on the market they liked. And so I ended up working with the chief and developing a wipe and started our company, uh, Responder Wipes, and just became very passionate about it. I just really couldn't fathom that 
these men and women were willing to run into a burning building to save my, me and my family, but yet they were gonna turn around and die of cancer. That just was not acceptable to me. So I developed our product that really got into a lot of the research on firefighter cancer, what was causing it, what could be done, you know, steps, the um, background on it, et cetera. And in 2016, uh, with my co-founder, I launched Responder Wipes. So that was kind of how I found out about it. Wow, so you actually really started off on the outside looking in at yeah. the firefighter world. Wow. Yeah. I have no background in the fire service. Um, I do have a background in first responders. My, I was married to an Air Force Special Operations officer and that camaraderie is very similar to the fire service and my stepfather was a Warner Park police officer and Orange County deputy. So I think the brotherhood and the camaraderie is very similar. So when I worked for the architectural firm, it you know, really felt very comfortable working with the police chiefs, fire chiefs, emergency managers and so it was just, you know, I just became very passionate about trying to help these people. It just really was unacceptable to me that, that this epidemic was claiming so many lives. Well, we're glad you're a part of the, we're, we're glad you're a part of the um, oh, fire service industry and firefighter cancer prevention as well. Christine, let's give us a little bit of history about you. <laughs> so um, I have zero background in the firefighter world besides um, my cousin, Josh Carney, where Carney Strong has been named after. Um, he was a firefighter. So when Josh got sick, um, I live in Connecticut. Josh was down in Myrtle Beach. Um, so obviously I was not down there. I was not around to help out and to, to be there as support physically. So I thought of ways after he passed away of what I could do to honor Josh. Um, and I, I love giving back and I love volunteering. So I was, I had to think of something. Uh, one day, um, my cousin's good friend Adam sent me a picture on Facebook of him in his fire truck with a um, with these wipes and it um, and he was explaining to me about how he had just gotten done using them and it made him think of Josh and a light bulb just went off in my head and I said that's it I'm going to raise money and I'm going to purchase um, these wipes and I'm going to donate them to North Haven Fire Department in Josh's name. Um, so North Haven Fire is actually where Josh started his career as a volunteer. So I said, that's it, I'm gonna do it. So I sent out an email to family and friends. Um, and once I you know, had my final total, I put in a request to responder wipes and the rest was history because it kind of, I guess, struck Tanya. I mean, Tanya, come in if you, you know, say what you need to say about that. I don't know how you were feeling when you saw my order, but it was, I know it's definitely a little strange because I'm not affiliated with a fire department. So I'm sure you were like, what is this girl doing? It was definitely strange. So the order had come on uh, through our online system. I'll never forget the day. It was February 13th, 2018, the day before Valentine's Day. And I got the order and it was for about $1,200 worth of wipes, which typically that size order would have come through an email working directly with the department. So when I got the order and then saw your email address and realized it was a civilian email address, I thought, what in the world is this all about? And I would always typically also offer resources because a lot of times, especially back in 2017, 2018, departments were just starting to understand the cancer epidemic and put together a protocol. So I would offer resources to help them get their protocol started. So I remember sending you an email saying, 
you know, thank you so much for your order. And I'd be happy to provide some educational materials. And uh, by the way, <laughs> what exactly is this for and what are you doing? I know I was so excited because I'm like, you know, I'm glad that my order struck something in you and you were interested. And, you know, I just wanted to talk about it and wanted to get Josh's name out there because, you know, I was just, um, you know, I was, I was sad and I was struggling myself with not being around and not being there. And so to be able to talk about it and to just show how special he was, it was nice to share that with you. And then, you know, I know a few days later you, you emailed me back and you said, you know, I think we can just do more. What about this? And I was so happy that we, you know, connected on that level. Well, you know, it's, it's ironic because I remember, Christine, I remember you calling me a couple of days after Tanya had reached out to you and you telling me that you've talked to the, you talked to the owner of Responder Wipes and they wanted you so much more and you were so excited and you didn't know where it was going to lead, but you were just ready and you were just, you were over the moon excited that we were going to be able to, you were going to be able to do more. I'm not going to lie, I feel like I'm going to cry right now. It was so <laughs> exciting because I'm like, I just wanted to do, I wanted to do so much more because I just knew how hard it was for you, Lillian, and for Shayla, and for Aunt Kim, and Megan, and, you know, I just wanted to be able to share Josh's story so that another family didn't have to go through the hardships that we did, so I was just, I was ready. <laughs> well, and I, I remember you mentioned that I emailed you a couple days later, literally for three nights I couldn't sleep. I kept waking up thinking about this and thinking, okay, this woman did an extraordinary thing and raised all this money and you know was donating to josh's where he started his career and i kept thinking there's got to be something more there's got to be something more and there's some great organizations out there some great nonprofits, but i just felt like a piece was missing and that was focusing on the small rule and volunteer departments who generally don't have the resources to start this type of protocol. And so I remember emailing you back and I think we ended up setting up a phone conversation and I was like, okay, look, I would like to do more. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna promise how long this will go on, but I think I committed to the end of the year. This was uh, February and I committed to the end of the year and said I would like to donate a case of wipes a month to a small rural or department small rule or volunteer department. But the funny thing was, and I, I think I told you, Christine, was that I had actually heard Josh's story. Did. So wow. Aaron Heller, which we all know now, Aaron was on scene training, um, knew, I don't remember if he knew Josh or knew of Josh, but there was a connection there. And Aaron's a friend of mine. And I had heard Josh's story through Aaron. So when you told me who it was, it was like, okay, this is, this is serendipitous. This is, you know, and I had been looking for a way to give back. Like I said, there's a couple of large um, nonprofit organizations and I just never felt like that was my niche. That was where I fit. So when we got this opportunity, I was like, okay, this, this is where my heart is. This is where I want to be. And so I remember saying, you know, please check with Lillian and, and make sure yeah. that this is okay. So Lillian, and I, um, I knew I, Lillian's I, response was going to be, Sure. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Lillian, why don't you tell a little bit more about Josh for the listeners who haven't heard his story? Yeah, 
actually, but I do want to touch on that real quick. I do remember Christine calling me and, and talking about how she had talked with you, Tanya, and that you, that you ladies were looking into doing a little bit more for the rest of the year. And I just literally was like, yes, anything. Yes, yes. Uh, whatever you need, do it. What do you want me to do? And, um, you know, so from, from that aspect, for me, it was, it was, the, it was a perfect timing. Um, Josh had passed away four or five months before that. And it was just, it was, it was perfect timing for me to be able to, to help in any way that I could. And I'm so glad that we've taken in the direction we have. Um, but so let's, I'll move forward a little bit and I will talk a little bit about Josh. Um, we were high school sweethearts, not dating, not dating myself to see how old I am now, but uh, you know, we were in 1993 uh, and he had actually already started as a volunteer in their hometown in North Haven. Um, so he was a volunteer firefighter through, throughout high school joined the Air Force where he was an airport firefighter for four more years. And during that time while he was in the Air Force is when we got married. Um, and so we got married, we were living in Maryland. It was time to either re-enlist or get out. And we were not ready to move back to Connecticut. And we didn't think that the Air Force life was gonna be a career, you know, career life for us. So we filled out some job applications on the East Coast and lo and behold, Midway Fire in Polly's Island, South Carolina was the first one to call and give him an interview and hire him. So we moved down to South Carolina on a whim, um, out of nowhere, no family, no friends here. And that was, uh, he started January of 2000. And so he actually was a firefighter for 25 years throughout his career before he was diagnosed. January of 2017, he had a small bump on the back of his head. It was more like an ingrown hair, but it didn't hurt and it didn't really do anything. So we ignored it. And then as the months go by, um, he is going to FDIC. He's got some trainings. I had traveled for work. He had a few more bumps that had shown up all subcutaneous. So under the skin, but they didn't hurt and they didn't grow. They just kind of appeared. And so we just ignored him, uh, went about life and so finally, the one that was on the back of his head, the first one that we saw, that one grew a little bit and got a little dark in color. So we finally made the appointment with his primary care physician. And of course, because it didn't hurt him, Josh was in really no rush to have him check it out or whatever. And it was the primary care physician that pushed him to say that it hurt because in order to have the surgeon look at it, Josh had to say that it hurt. And there's Josh stubborn, you know, normal stubborn firefighter. Well, it doesn't hurt. And so the primary care physician told him again, no, you have to tell me that it hurts so that I can refer you to the surgeon. And they did their round and round a couple of times before Josh finally just said, fine, it hurts. And so he had an appointment with the uh, general surgeon just to kind of take a look at the one in his head. And that's when the surgeon had sent Josh for a PET scan. Um, and that's when he was officially diagnosed with cancer from the general surgeon, but we didn't know what type or anything. And so they went in there, did a biopsy to remove the one on his head and officially diagnosed June 21st of 2017. And uh, the official diagnosis of stage four melanoma came at the very beginning of July. And so we were already behind the eight ball. Uh, you know, we'd noticed the first bump several months before that. So we were already kind of behind the eight ball, um, but there was some promising research with some immunotherapy treatments and stuff for uh, stage three and four melanoma. So we were optimistic. Um, unfortunately, his treatment and his, the rest of his life only lasted four months. He, um, we 
were told we were going to stop treatment on October 12th of 2017 and that we had uh, two to four more weeks. And unfortunately, one week later, he passed away on October 19th of 2017. So after 25 years in the fire service, uh, at the age of 41, Josh lost his battle. Um, it was a quick, aggressive battle with cancer. Um, and for anybody who's listening now, you know, I was on episode number four, I think, of the podcast, and I'm not a quiet person. I'm not a shy person. I'm definitely not an introvert, and I will shout it from the rooftops. Um, I wish that there was someone six and eight and ten years ago shouting from the rooftops and reminding firefighters how important their decon is, um, making sure they find the education, they get the education, and they do their preventative measures. Um, and had there been someone, maybe Josh would have listened, maybe I would have heard them speak, uh, and, and my life would have been a little bit different, but it's not, and that's why we're here today, um, and that's why for me, I know I kind of rambled on a little bit, but that's why for me, I value both Tanya and Christine so much because, yes, I am Lillian Carney, and I am Carney Strong, but I am not, I'm not I'm not a co-founder. And so I think that's what makes it so much more special to me is that there's other people out there. I'm going to start crying right now. Um, but there's other people out there in the world that that know and understand and want to help drive and push the passion and drive the message and, and really get firefighters and their families to understand how important it is. So thank you, ladies, for um, giving me an outlet, giving me the opportunity and, and helping really formulate an awesome nonprofit organization that that really does make a difference. Well, and I think once what what became so difficult for me to handle was all of the states that did not have presumptive coverage. So especially when I found out that you and Shayla were virtually, you know, that Josh's death was not considered a line of duty death and the impact that that had on you and Shayla that made me even more committed to doing whatever we could to not have any other family go through what you were going through. And then it just really became a no-brainer for me. And um, it was just, I just didn't want to see any other family affected like you guys were. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm proud to say now, uh, I know it's been, it's been six years, seven years too late, but proud to say now that the South Carolina uh, State Firefighters Association, along with several other organizations in the state, uh, the Professional Firefighters of South Carolina, Carney Strong has been a part of it, uh, Firefighter Cancer Support Network, the, uh, inter the South Carolina Fire Chiefs Association. Uh, we formed a coalition last year um, to push through a firefighter cancer bill uh, it's it's a healthcare benefit plan. It's not healthcare, so you still firefighters in South Carolina still will have to use their own healthcare itself. But there's a benefit plan out there now. The governor signed it a few weeks ago. Um, I was I was present for the signing, the ceremonial signing, and it you know it goes without saying on how important it is and how and and how needed it is for the future of South Carolina firefighters and their families. Um, I think what makes this bill so special for South Carolina and makes it one of the best bills, I think, across the country is that it covers not just career firefighters, but volunteer departments. And it's the volunteer departments that, that really are the ones that, that's our, that's our niche. That's where we want to help out the most. So 
So to have that firefighter cancer bill coming in South Carolina that, that helps out career firefighters and volunteer firefighters across the state is just, it's phenomenal. And the amount of benefits that the firefighter and the family will get, um, it's just, it's mind blowing to think that to think that we didn't have a bill for so many years and other states had something. And now I think we have one of the best ones that you can get. Um, it will not take effect until July of 2021. Uh, and there's still an issue of some funding. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, it kind of messed up a few things with uh, funding many bills uh, here in South Carolina, but uh, they're optimistic they can get it done. So starting with new cancer diagnosis is July of 2021, hopefully. Um, the future of the South Carolina firefighter will, will definitely be a benefit. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah. And now we just need to get Delaware. Now we just need to get Delaware. Poor Delaware. Yeah, poor <laughs> Delaware. I mean, there's so many states that really do need improvement on the bills that they have because I know we sit here and say that 48, 48 other states have bills in place, but so many of them lack substance. So many of them have so many restrictions on them. Um, and, and a lot of them are workers' compensation bills. And when they're workers' compensation bills, I mean, I don't know statistics, but I could only imagine that probably 99% of the claims from a workers' comp perspective get declined on the first go-round. And the, and the paperwork and the loopholes that everybody has to go through, um, that, just, that just really, it saddens, it saddens me because there's so many other things that a firefighter and a firefighter spouse and the caregivers have to focus on. Once they hear the words, you have cancer, they don't need, they don't need the fight. They don't need to, to fight with the, with the workers' compensation companies and the municipalities. Um, so I am happy that we are state number 49 and not 50. I am so happy that South Carolina's bill is so much better than most other states. Um, but I really, we do need to keep pushing other states to improve their bills, to expand out the, co the, um, the coverage itself that the firefighter family gets, to expand out the different types of cancers that are covered, uh, and just to improve the overall, the overall benefits that are, that are given to the firefighters. Um, I know one thing here in South Carolina, the coalition is not done yet. Uh, obviously, there's going to be members of the coalition that are going to be pushing for funding to ensure that that goes through. But I am happy to say that the Carney Strong Initiative portion, uh, we are still going to be working with the coalition for, uh, we're going to still be working to push prevention, education, and training. So we're not done with South Carolina. We are going to, you know, do whatever we can to make sure that there's less diagnoses out there and that, that the volunteers and the firefighters are better prepared. Um, and it's the same thing we're doing with Carney Strong now. You know, we, we focus a lot of our time on, on sharing resources and making sure that there's education and training out there. Uh, each one of our donations, we give them an educational packet that has the white papers and the research and everything from prevention to you know, the training and stuff. And I realized that I'm now talking about Carney Strong, but that was not supposed to be the intention of this podcast. I was supposed to be asking Tanya and Christine about Carney Strong. So I'm going to stop talking for a second and let's transition over to our partners, right? Let's talk about what it is that we do, that we do offer and share when we do make our Carney Strong donations. So Tanya, tell us a little bit about our, our product partners and the, and the stuff that we do provide through Carney Strong donations. So to take it back one step, once I talked to Christine and realized there was 
an opportunity to continue beyond the donation that she was making. Um, I reached out, I had known Jim Vernica for a while and reached out to Jim and kind of told him what we were looking at doing. And he said, oh, you need to talk to Nick Magato with Brothers Helping Brothers because we were trying to figure out, you know, would this be a standalone nonprofit? How do we get this ramped up? You know, how do we, how do we get it moving forward? And so I ended up talking to Nick and Brothers Helping Brothers is a magnificent nonprofit that literally works to help, again, same small rural volunteer departments um, get equipment. And so we ended up partnering up with Brothers Helping Brothers and all of our donations, any um, monetary donations that we received to help with it flowed through Brothers Helping Brothers. And I had also been working with a couple of other companies, Citrus Squeeze, uh, Solution Safety, which produces Citrus Squeeze, which is the turnout gear cleaner, and SE14, which is the tool and equipment cleaner. Um, I had known Jim Evans and Emily Stubbs. So I reached out to them to see if they wanted to contribute. And then Joseph Wallace, who is the founder and owner of Last Line of Cancer Defense. Um, Joseph has uh, activated charcoal soap and supplements. And Joseph was also working hard, like Jim was, to educate departments, kind of review their protocols, and help them put together a good cancer prevention. So we started with those two other partner organizations running everything through Brothers Helping Brothers. And they contribute each month to our donation. And we started working on how to formally select the departments because um, we were rocking and rolling <laughs> right away. We, yes, we were. <laughs> we were, after that April donation to North Haven, we were really excited. And I think Lillian, you made the June donation. I think at that point you had come in and were working with us. And um, so we, we started with those partner groups and then uh, a little while later ended up adding on another white company, Firewipe. And uh, Jim's company, Firefighter Cancer Consultants, is at now also one of our partners, and they provide the educational portion of it through an online portal that departments can access. So every month, we select a department through our grant application, which is on our website. Um, after initially going through Brothers Helping Brothers, we made the decision to become our own standalone 501c3. Um, I know Lillian got a crash course in uh, the 501c3 process. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think there needs to be a book, 501c3s for dummies or something, because it was- There is. <laughs> I own it. <laughs> we bought 501c3 for dummies or nonprofit for dummies, because there is a lot that goes into to creating, organizing, running, and maintaining a 501c3. Lillian called me and she said, you have a package on your way. I said, oh, great. And when I finally came in and I opened it and I was like, great. <laughs> Nonprofits for dummies. This is, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so thankful to be able to utilize Brothers Helping Brothers in the beginning because I will tell you, if we did not partner up with Nick and oh, the folks from Brothers Helping Brothers, I'm not quite sure Carney Strong would have ever gotten off the ground because it's a lot of legwork and we're so thankful that they actually had done all the legwork in advance. So we were just, you know, partnering up with them. Um, and, and, and Nick was a big help when we decided we were going to go standalone. Um, happy to report that Nick stayed on as the board of directors. Um, 
And so HIT, he is, he's definitely a valuable resource and, and we honestly cannot thank them enough for allowing us in the beginning to, to really utilize their, their platform um, and to expand out. Uh, sorry, Tanya, I didn't mean to sneak in. Yeah, so we've continued. Um, I think we're up to our 30-something donation. We've been doing this for about two and a half years now, and our we couldn't do it without our partner companies. They have just been magnificent to us. Yes, so. they have. Yes, they have. So yeah, so we, um, we, we do have some awesome product partners, and um, all of them, being able to add on Firewipes, like you said, and then add on Firefighter Cancer Consultants, with the training has just, it's, it's really brought, it's really brought our, um, our donations full circle. So uh, we're always looking to expand out and to bring in more, um, but we definitely, we value the relationships that we have with each one of our product partners. So it's been, it's definitely made us a bigger success than we had anticipated. So yeah, well, we've come up with some, also some other great ideas and ways to donate and you know, it was wonderful that the product partners, you know, if we ask them to jump on and be a part of our crazy ideas, they're always right there and ready to go with us, which is great because Lillian, you come up with some crazy fun ideas. Crazy fun ideas. So let's talk about crazy fun idea real quick. So um, I'll, I'll just share a little bit. Um, October 19th is the day that Josh passed away. And it was the beginning of August, I think. Uh, August of 2018, and I had one random case of fire uh, responder wipes at my house, and it was just sitting here. And my daughter Shayla and I were going to be going down to Charleston for the day, and so I decided to make a phone call to the assistant fire chief at Georgetown City Fire, Brent McCollin, who used to work with Josh at Midway. Um, they were, they were really good friends. And when Brent moved, Josh, you know, it was bummer for Josh, but that's okay. That's when he was able to test and promote to battalion chief. So thanks, you know, chief McClellan for going to Georgetown city. Um, but anyway, so I had this random case of, of responder wipes. And so I asked Brent if, you know, if I stopped by, would he want them? And of course, who would not want a free case of responder wipes just out of nowhere? And so Shayla and I stopped on the way. We talked to Chief McClellan for a few minutes, gave him the wipes, took a picture. And it, for anybody who doesn't know, it was about an hour and 15 minute drive from Georgetown City down to Charleston. And during that hour and 15 minute drive, Shayla did schoolwork, or I don't even know, probably slept. And my brain started racing. And I was on such a high about being able to just give a case of wipes to a random department. I just, I just stopped by a random department and, and gave wipes and, and it was one case, right? It's not a lot. It's not going to, it's not going to save the world, but it made my heart just so full. And, and I know that they greatly appreciated it at the department and realizing that, you know, the anniversary of Josh's passing is coming up. And at that point, I think like, you know, less than two months away or just about two months, um, I came up with this crazy scheme in my head in a whole hour's time that I want to reach out to all of our friends and family from across the country. And I want them to do the same thing that I did to a department near them. And I want them to be able to just walk into a fire department with a, with a box of responder wipes and just say, here, take these, um, use these. And this is why we're giving these to you and make sure that, you know, you know how important cancer prevention is. And so, um, 
I didn't know how we were going to pay for it. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I called you Christine. Call, you called me with that idea. I could not get a word in. You were so excited. You were going 50 miles a minute. Like I just, I was like, okay, William, yeah, we're going to, we'll make it happen. We'll do it. And you just kept, da -da 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 -da. no, Christine, you don't understand how great this was. <laughs> and at that point, we did not have a lot of money in the bank, right? We did no. not, we were, we had just started out. We didn't have a lot of money. And I remember Christine saying, Lillian, how are we going to pay for it? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. We're doing it. Like, I don't know. It's just going to happen. Well, there's going to have to be somebody that puts you in check every once in a while. <laughs> right? I mean, because I did, I mean, it was like an hour later. I had this master plan all schemed out. And, and so that's, so that's, that became decon day. And so it was a great way for me personally to get through the anniversary of his passing, um, to be able to see the friends and the families from across the country uh, make those donations and to see the impact that Josh had, um, not only on the friends and families, but the departments across the country. So, um, Christine, do you have any history on Decon Day? Um, I do. So I have some um, numbers here that I think are pretty cool to share of how many donations and things that we've done. Um, so we have done, for Decon Day departments, we have donated to 57 departments, which is wow. awesome for Decon Day. Um, and for our regular monthly donations, we've actually gone to 30 different departments. So I know, Tony, you were saying that before, but we have, we've gone to 30, and I think that's just really cool how we still have departments that are putting in their grant requests and want to come and, um, you know, want us to come out to them and tell us, tell our story to them, which is pretty cool. Um, another thing that we do is we have a sponsorship program. Um, so between that and some of our special donations, we've done 16. Um, we have got, we've sent packages to 70 um, firefighter wives, which is part of our decon day for 2020. And we have actually gone to 36 different states um, for donations. That's including Washington, DC and Ontario, Canada. So for now, right? Check that out. Oh, that's really cool. I wish we could have gone to Canada though, to actually do that one. That would have been even cooler, but um, so we have, done for a grand total of 173 different donations since April of 2018. That is awesome. that. I love that number. And it's only growing. I know. Yeah. I know. With all of our I, I don't think I had any idea when I um, reached out to Christine and said, hey, I've got this idea. How far, how far it would go and how many people it would have impacted and um, that two and a half years later, we would be going even stronger than ever. I was just so excited that you wanted to do it until the end of the year. I was like, this is great. Just till the end of the year. It's, it's, think of all the people we're going to meet and we're going to get to help. And now look at us. It's, wow, that was the end of 2007. Sorry, that was the end of 2018. So it's been almost two full years after that. Yeah. 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 And I just remember the feeling that I had after donating to North Haven. And it was even more special that I, I made it so that, you know, Lillian and Shayla could both be there. They were coming up to Connecticut and I said, okay, are you okay with while you're here, we do this and you're there. And of course, Lillian's like, yes, I wouldn't want to miss it. So, you know, I had our family there and what was also really cool is that Josh's best friend, Dan, um, is a firefighter for North Haven. So he helped me put it together so that 
Um, and it was cool because we got to stand there with him and I've known Dan my whole life um, because him and Josh grew up together. So it was, that was really special. And Dan is now also on our, our board of directors. So that's, it's just a, you know, it just all fell into place. I, I don't, I just feel so lucky. It comes full circle. It does, it does. So. Yes, that's come full circle, yeah. Yeah, yeah having, having Dan, having Dan on the board of directors just, it, it gives it that, that more personal touch where it's not just, you know, it's not just us, it's, it's, there's a whole different level of, of Josh's reach. Um, and they, you know, they started as volunteers together in North Haven. And Dan is, Dan, you know, Dan's been a part of our, our family forever. And uh, well, let me rephrase that. I've been a part of Dan's family forever because Dan and Josh, <laughs> I did. Um, and so, yeah, to, to have him as on our board of directors, it just, it's, it's we, we need him and Nick to balance the three crazy women on the board. We do. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. They do a pretty good job of that. <laughs> we get is a he, lot of head shaking and eye rolls, but you know. As expected. It happens. Yeah, so to be able to make 173 different donations, and obviously each donation is different, right? Sometimes it's just wipes, sometimes it's our monthly donations, um, sometimes it's just a box or two, uh, but but each one of our donations has, has definitely made an impact. Um, I know for me, uh, being, being the widow, there are days that I have felt that I didn't, I don't, I didn't want to do this anymore. Um, and I, and I, and I'm being honest. Um, it's not that I didn't want to, to be a part of Carney Strong and, and keep pushing the message, but it weighs on you after a while. Um, and, and it, you know, it just, it just, it's that constant reminder that, that he's never, he's never coming back. He, you know, and it's, and I don't know. Um, anyway, and then I get a random email. Carney Strong gets a random message on Facebook and it's from a firefighter wife. It's from a firefighter. It's from a firefighter mom. It doesn't matter who it's from. We get these random messages that say, thank you. That say that, you know, we heard you were, you know, we heard you talk at our department and we appreciate this. And, um, and so knowing that 173 departments donations, that's, it's a huge number, right? But but knowing that, that of those 173, there's been an impact and to be able to hear the response and, and to see it. Um, when, you know, with all these, the, the 70 firewives that you talked about, Decon Day 2020 has obviously been different. Each one of our donations in 2020 has been different. We haven't been able to make the donations in, in person, right? And so that takes away a lot of the passion that goes behind Carney Strong. For me, I can't talk about Josh. I can't share, you know, what impacted us and what it is that, that I want people to know. Um, so we did come up with a video. We're going to work on improving it, but we did come up with a video that we now share with each one of our, um, our donations about Carney Strong, about Josh, about those, those key items that are important, that it's beyond firefighter cancer. It's more of those dinner conversations that people don't want to talk about. No one wants to talk about death. No one wants to talk about preparing for death and making sure that you have life insurance and that you have life insurance not with your employer or that you've discussed, you know, do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? No one ever talks about that stuff. And it's important. Um, 
it's important to have those conversations, make those memories, take those photos while someone's alive because, because when they're not here anymore, you have to do it without them. And, and those are definitely, um, those are definitely things that need to be talked about. So, so Carney Strong isn't just firefighter cancer. It's not just cancer prevention. It's not just about education and training. Uh, it's about sharing those, those stories and, and those ideas and those concepts of, of preparing just in case. Um, anyway. Well, I think too, what's been um, so inspiring for me is just in the two and a half years that we've been doing this, seeing the change in the fire culture. Yes. The fire service culture. It, you know, when, when I started Responder Rights back in 2016, the first conference we were at was Fire Rescue International in San Antonio, and nobody was talking about firefighter cancer. And as each year has gone on and each new conference that I've attended and each new department I talk to, there's more and more an awareness of, you know, these issues and what steps they can do because it's not, and, and this is what I tell everybody too, using a wipe, that may be what business I'm in, but that's not the silver bullet. There's so many pieces to keeping firefighters healthy. It's getting your annual physical, it is exercising, it is eating healthy, it is trying to minimize sleep deprivation. You know, it, there's just so much that goes into it. And, you know, there's a new term now, personal, or, sorry, preliminary exposure reduction, AKA gross decon. You know, they're starting to look at the firefighter turnout gear and the PFAS that's in the gear and PFAS that's in the AFFF that they're using, you know, to fight the fires. It is so broad that not one little thing is going to fix the situation. And that's why continuing with the education is critical. And Lillian, like you said, had you known before Josh got sick that this might've been an issue, you may have bugged Josh a little bit more to follow through on his physical and on his screening. And so whether we reach out to the departments or we reach out to the wives or we reach out to the mothers or the firefighters themselves, you know, I, I heard a, um, an analogy once and it's so true, changing the fire service culture is like turning a cruise ship in a pool. It is very, very slow and very, very deliberate, but it can happen and we are seeing a change and that continues to inspire me to work even harder. That's, that's actually a solid analogy right there because that's exactly what it is, right? And it's, there's so many different moving parts to get that ship to turn around and it is slow going. And, and, and if, I mean, if it wasn't for you two ladies having that conversation, you know, back in February of, of 2018, then, then I'm not sure we would have been able to make an impact and, and to do the things and, and to be a part of that culture change that is slowly turning that ship around inside that pool. So Progress, progress, and you're right, Tanya. It is. There's so many different aspects to to reducing the exposures, to reducing the risk to firefighter cancer. It's not just one thing. It's not just wipes. It's not just sleeping. It's not just a diet. It's it's everything all rolled into one. And and I'm just glad that we're able to take some of it and and use a platform um, to our advantage to help reduce that to reduce that exposure to the to the new firefighters coming in. Um, and, and to really reiterate that to, you know, the old firefighters too, but. Whew. 
All right. Well, uh, so another thing that Jim does, other than just talk to his co-hosts during his podcast, is he has the 25 questions. And so what I'm going to do now is, uh, Tanya, we'll start with you. And I'm going to ask you to pick a number one through 25. And I'd like for you to answer a question that Jim has predetermined to go with that number. What's your number, Tanya? 19. 19. Question number 19, Tanya, do you have a special place you like to visit regularly? Ooh, I do. So when I was still married to someone in the Air Force, we were stationed in Destin, which is the panhandle of Florida. And same as with the fire service. Once you develop friendships and that type of situation, they're friends for life. And I have not lived in Destin in 17 years now, but my friends are still there. And once a year, we have a group of us that get together. And I try and get back there more often, but when I go back to Destin, it feels like going home. And it just truly renews my soul. Awesome, awesome, I like that one. Hey, Christine, I know I'm gonna give you a different question, but since I know your answer to this one, I'll let you go ahead and answer. Question number 19, Christine, since Tanya picked it, do you have a special place you like to visit regularly? I do, I wish I got 19. I can talk about this place forever. So. Um, my family, Josh's family, uh, we have a lake house in New Hampshire, and we go there every summer. We try to get up there in the winter, and it is my absolute most favorite place in the world. I, every time I'm up there, it's just like a breath of fresh air. It's so relaxing. You get to unplug. Um, every year, we do a Cousins Weekend. Uh, it used to be called Peter Pan Week. It's now mm -hmm. Peter Pan Weekend because all the cousins are older and we're all working, so it's not... We don't get to take a full week off to go have fun together, but um, all of my cousins go up there and aunts and uncles, and we just get to hang out together. And when we were younger, the, all the younger kids would sleep in tents. I think Lillian and Josh, you slept in a tent one year too. Um, yeah. And, you know, Lillian braids our hair and we just get to go out on, you know, the boat and we went tubing and it's just a blast. And it's just a very special place because you know, we, we can all just go and be together. And we also tried to do it in the winter. Um, it's been a little bit more difficult to plan that one uh, the last few years, but it's just nice to be able to get up there with family. And just it is actually, so Josh, uh, if, if for those listening, Josh is actually the oldest cousin. Um, and so I think the age range between the youngest and the oldest is like 17, 18 years. Mm -hmm. um, and then Shayla comes along. And so she seems to be one of the cousins just because she's so close in age to the youngest cousin. But Josh spent practically every summer, all summer up there when he was a kid with his grandparents. And it was his favorite place. Um, so we actually scattered some of his ashes in the lake. That was his one request is that he wanted a part of him to be in the lake forever. So uh, we were able to do that a couple of years ago. Sadly, Shayla and I were not able to go up to the lake this summer because of the pandemic, but um, I'm trying, I'm going to try to make up for it next year because it is, it's, it is a special place, but it is. anyway, all right, Christine, you go ahead and pick a number one through 25. 13. Number 13. Oh, what's your favorite movie? You know, I don't know why, but I really thought that that was going to be the question. And I thought about that ahead of time. I said, it's either going to be something about music or a movie. That's really funny. Um, so my favorite movie is Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, that one's a good one. That one's definitely a good one. But that's hard because I love Disney movies. So you give me anything Disney princess. I'm all about those too. But I think my favorite, every time it's on, I have to sit and watch it and nobody can talk to me. Tanya, what's your favorite movie? 
hands down Shawshank Redemption. I, I absolutely love that movie. I have watched it a hundred times and every time I watch it, I pick up something new. And one of my favorite quotes out of, of all time is out of that movie, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, that was one movie that anytime it came on TV, I had to turn it on. I just had to watch it. If I, if I was flipping through and I found out it was on, it just stayed on. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll answer this for Josh and his um, honest, I don't know if it was his favorite movie, but a same thing where it was, if it was on TV, he had to watch it and hands down it was Top Gun every single time. Oh yeah. If it was on TV, that's it. He had to watch it. So yeah, it's crazy. But I would totally say Shawshank Redemption too, just because it is such a great movie, but you're right. Get busy living or get busy dying. So, all right, well, why don't one of you pick hey, a number? you get to pick a number and a question? Yeah. I think you can, Jillian. Well, I already know what the questions are, so you go ahead and pick the number, and then I'll All right, you answer. Well, let's, let's stick with prime numbers. Since we did 1913, let's go with 11. All right, number 11 is, oh, wow. Who would play you in a movie regarding your life? That's a hard question, Jim. I, I know the answer to that one, and it's only because I try and look like her. I would have Robin Wright play me. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, so I, I've been told I look a little bit like her. I've also been told I look like um, Minka from, is it Morning Joe? Um, the, the, yeah, it's the political show. But yeah, Robin Wright um, from House of Cards. I specifically have my hair cut like her. So, and she's amazing. She's a wonderful actress. I can't answer that one. I have no idea. Give me we a pick number. a different one. That's a hard That's question. Give me another prime number. What's another prime number? Five. Five. Okay, this one is perfect. Number five, uh, what is my favorite quote? My favorite quote of all time. Without change, there would be no butterflies. And that has been my favorite quote for many, many years. Uh, and it really started off with, um, I used to, uh, the company that I used to work for, we would take people from their current computer program and we would put them on a new computer program. So they had to learn something new. And adults don't like to learn. Adults are not, they're not, they don't like to learn new things. They don't like to change their ways. And so it would be a quote that I started sharing at work with, you know, just remember without change, there'd be no butterflies. So change is okay. It's, it's, you know, and it's really been something that has helped me, especially now with Josh, um, with, since Josh has passed, it's actually going to be my next tattoo that I get is going to say without change, there would be no butterflies or without change in a butterfly. But um, do you ladies have a favorite quote? I already told you mine, get busy living or get busy dying. I don't. That's okay. Christine. <laughs> you can share, Christine. You can use mine. Gosh, we'll share. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll have to tell him to rearrange his numbers because that number 11 is way too difficult. <laughs> um, all right, so Christine, say, give us give us a little bit of information. Uh, how is it that somebody can get in contact with the folks at Carney Strong? Where, tell us. So the best way is to go to our website, CarneyStrong.org. Um, there are lots of different tabs for you to click on for you to check us out, so that you can put in a grant request. Uh, you could check out our store on Bonfire to buy T-shirts, or I think we have bags on there, some mugs, um, oh. and oh, and challenge coins as well. And um, so from there, you could also find our email address, which is info at carneystrong.org. Um, you could, you know, everything's listed there. Um, but another way is on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. You can find all the information on those as well. 
you can reach out to us, you know, in Messenger, on Facebook, or um, even on, on Instagram. So those are just some ways to awesome. get in touch with us. Awesome. So we're like all over the place, right? We are all over the place. Fantastic. Well, ladies, I want to thank you both for coming on and helping us take over the uh, Live 25 or the 25 Live, as Jim calls it. Um, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your day today and allowing us to give Jim that break that he needs uh, so that he can focus on what he needs to for Rod and his family um, and for him to be able to work on on things to get to get through these the difficult times of, of losing someone to firefighter cancer and for Jim you know he talks about firefighter cancer he's done it for so long right through all the organizations he's worked for with firefighter cancer consultants and and it's I can only imagine that it's definitely a heavy burden for him but now it's now with Rod passing away and uh, for folks that don't know um, Rod and Jim have gone back you know, since the beginning of Jim's career from his very first station assignment was with Rod and the first time he'd actually met him was at rookie school and just Rod scaring the shit out of Jim and the, and the new recruits, um, like full metal jacket, metal, metal jacket style. And so they had a history and not only were Rod and Jim friends, but Rod got ordained so that he could be the officiant at Jim and Lauren's wedding. So, so I, so thank you for everybody listening still um, and allowing us to take over for Jim for the week to give him a little bit of a break. Um, as long as you guys liked it, please share it. Please comment. Give us some five stars. Let Jim know how awesome we are and he might let us take over again sometime. Um, if you didn't like it, then that's okay too and you can Jim back next week. So um, thanks everybody for listening to us this week. It was our pleasure to hang out. Thank you, Tanya and to Christine for joining me on the 25 Live and uh, podcast number 61. Um, and uh, well, thank you for hosting us. And we you. can't wait to see what Carney Strong does in the next year. We got uh, lots of good things. We've got Top Golf coming in November in South Carolina. So, and lots of other exciting things coming up. Hopefully the pandemic will end and we will all be able to get back together personally. I know, I can't wait to see you guys and give you a hug in person. I cannot yeah. wait. So thanks, ladies. Thank you. Stay well, stay well. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.